It's so great to meet you back here for another episode. This is episode 298 and I am unbelievably excited to talk about something that I get asked often and I know so many people are struggling with. This is one of those things that for a lot of moms, whether you are full-time stay-at-home mom, if you part-time stay-at-home mom, if you are a nine-to-five working mom but you have your kid home with you in the evenings and the weekends, like it doesn't matter what the scenario is. We all want our kids to be able to play independently and unfortunately because of the way that the world has found a way to design our children um, unintentionally to be extremely distractible. Um, It makes it really, really hard for a lot of reasons, which we'll talk about in today's episode for our kids to be able to play independently. And what this really means is that we've got to start being incredibly intentional and strategic about what we are doing with our children's time, not only our time. And so today I'm going to give you the three things that I have always used in order to help my children play independently and still use to this day, have used with them since day one. There's a huge influence on what I do from the Montessori education and world and philosophy that I have been a huge fan of and have had my children a part of since they were born, really, and still do have them a part of. And I'm really excited to share this information and a little bit of what I know to be incredibly helpful when it comes to getting your kids to play independently without using screens so that you can have some focused time to work even when they are home. And so are you. All right, grab that pen and paper. We are going to dive into today's episode. Systemize your life with Chelsea Joe. That's me. And this is a podcast for modern women who are eager to live with more meaning and less overwhelm. We're about to tap into some fiercely meaningful relationships, bang in organization and time management strategies, and a rock solid plan for our personal well-being with functional systems to those problems we all go through. Girl, if you feel like you're watching life go by from a window on the hot mess express, then it's time to roll up your sleeves, dig in, and get your life out of the chaos and into confidence. One of the really unfortunate things that has happened with the development of social media, smartphones, just our fast-paced world in general is the fact that we have shortened our attention span and we've done it to our kids. If you go out to eat anywhere, you will see families with cell phones in front of their kids just so that they feel like they can have conversations with one another because their children can't even sit long enough for them to have an adult conversation while their children are at the table. And that I don't even, I know that that's not even just like a random thing that happens out in public. That is happening inside of people's homes as well. Um, there's a lot of homes that I've been able to observe where children can't sit with both bum cheeks on a chair. They always have one leg down and one leg up. They're up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. And they've lost all formality and they've lost all respect for patience. 
and discipline. And it's something that we work really, really hard on in our home. I was raised in a very disciplined home and I keep that and I hold that true in our house as well. And whenever I um, had my oldest, who is now 11, when I was pregnant, I was very interested in how to create an environment for her that she could succeed in that was not dependent upon screens. Now, we use screens. We all have technology around here. Uh, My kids have had individual iPads at one point and then I immediately noticed that it was changing their behavior and so we removed everything off of there that was shortening their attention span aka YouTube and then they didn't have any interest in it at all then I was like oh shoot well we found some other things that we thought would uphold our values we tried other games and I was like why am I doing this this is not what I want to do this is ridiculous and so I just took everything off of those iPads that I didn't really want them to have access to that it wasn't enriching their lives in any way shape or form and I was tired of it being a babysitter and it took us about six months to really realize this is not what we want and now they don't even know where they are anymore I mean we know where they are but like they literally never use them unless somebody wants to watch a movie that's different from the other kid and we're like yeah it's a hundred percent free play we have one tv in our house and everyone has to decide like between the five-year-old and 11-year-old is it Cinderella today or is it Rio or like what are we watching around here whenever we have the chance to watch something and every once in a while people want to kind of watch something independently and we think that that's really fun and so sometimes Beale hop on you know her like one of our laptops and watch something in a fort and you know Frankie Joe our oldest one will get to watch something you know somewhere else and And we feel really comfortable with where we're at with our screen time. And so I knew very, very early on that this was just something that we wanted to make sure that we really had a good grip on. And so I fell in love with the Montessori way of doing things. And through that, that is truly how I learned and was able to encourage my kids to be very, very, very independent. Granted, I do have two girls And they are vastly different from one another, but I know that they are also very, very different than boys. And not to say that boys aren't capable or a lot of them don't have the skill set to sit and play quietly and independently for a long time, but I, because there, there are a lot of boys that are like that, but from nearly all of the boy moms that I know, they need constant stimulation and they like to move a lot more than my girls do. My girls can get lost in creative play and independent play, but I will tell you that there are a lot of other little girls that do not do that. And I do attribute it to the way that I am about to teach you to establish your home and your children's free time. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you the three things that I have always done and that I know you have to do in order for this to work for you. We want to help our children's attention span grow longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. We want to give them the ability to focus. Regardless of what we're battling, we don't want them to have those same problems. If you are in a space right now where you know in this, in this, like, 
exact episode is like a punch in the gut, this is a really great time for you to pump the brakes and you have the choice to reshape what this looks like in your family. You get to sit back and observe your children's behavior and see if it is driven by a lack of attention span, by, and and maybe it's not, maybe it's not the screens, maybe it's the food, maybe it's the bedtime routine, maybe it's the lack of positive encouragement, maybe it's your lack of discipline, maybe it's that you're too disciplinary, maybe you're too harsh on them, I don't know, but you know, you know without even talking to your spouse, you know in your gut What's going on is just a matter of being bold enough and brave enough to step forward and say, I'm ready to fix it. I'm tired of making excuses. I'm tired of living this way. I don't want to see my kids do this anymore. And I don't want to be this kind of parent anymore. What this episode can provide for you is a really great starting point that is full of just really positive, exciting, fun encouraging steps forward for all of you. This can be intimidating for a lot of people because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I remember when I was like, well, shoot, what am I going to do? Blaine and I looked at each other and laughed when we took YouTube off and we were like, well, there goes the babysitter. (laughs) Like, hot dang. And we were like, who cares? It's not, it's dumb. It's not even an option for us. We are not doing this. Like, because we could see from what it hadn't been to what it had become like almost overnight. And we were like, this is done. Like we're not doing this. And we just kind of laughed about it because we didn't let it go on so long, but it still was long enough that we had to figure out how to get our kids to play independently so that I could have time to work and he could have time to work. He's got his own stuff to do when he's not at the fire department I have obviously a job to do, a podcast to record, I have a house to clean, and I have things to do around the house that they don't always want to come and do with me. I encourage them to, but if they don't want to, now that they're older, they have a choice. Go play independently, or you're going to come and you're going to clean with me, and they get to pick. We are now at the point, we are five and a half years in and 11 years in on this, that when my kids have a a time to go play independently, they actually crave it. They ask for it. They know exactly what they want to do with it. It lights up their world. So let's talk about what has gotten me to that place. What's gotten my family to that place. These are the, I want you to take your paper and put it into three big sections. And then on the back of it, you can go ahead and jot down some notes. You can write down some examples that I'm going to give you because this is going to be different depending on what age your kids are and depending on how little or how much you have already exposed them to this concept. Okay. So if you think it's going to be hard for you, it's probably going to be a little bit challenging for them, but they are going to feed on your energy. I remember the first time when I first started learning how to wear my babies, I wore my kids like 24 seven when they were little. And I remember when I first tried it and I was like, oh, this is not working. She hates it. And I was, I was going to, um, like a support group. It was actually called La Leche League and it was for moms that were nursing. And I was getting ready to go back to my corporate job and I was like beside myself. I didn't know how to do it. I was devastated. It was a whole thing. 
But I remember them, I had asked one of them, like, what is this baby wearing thing? Like, why is everyone obsessed with it? I want it to work for me, but it's not working. And so she was like, okay, show me what you do. And she's like, oh, you're nervous. That's why she doesn't like it. And I was like, what? And she's like, you're afraid you're going to drop your baby. You're afraid it's not. And she like showed me all these things just by looking at me. Lovely experienced moms. I love moms. I just, I love mom mentoring with all my heart and soul. And so then from then on, I was like, okay, I'm going to call my energy. I'm going to be confident in this and we're going to do this. And like, it was everything instantly. She like was obsessed with it. She loved it. We didn't have those problems anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is magic. And that's exactly what's going to happen with you when you make this transition. If your kids can feel that you think this isn't going to work, they are going to find that weak spot and they're going to stick their finger in it and then two fingers and then three fingers and they're going to put their fist in there and they're going to shake you up and they're going to rattle it out and they're going to make you scream until the point where you say, all right, fine, here's your iPad back. Or yes, you can watch XYZ on the TV, right? That's what we don't want to do. You want to act like this is so fun. This is so amazing. And even if they don't buy into it, don't crack. (laughs) You got to be tough through this. Don't crack. Don't let them see you because I promise over time, this is going to be so rewarding for them. Okay, so here's the three things that you have to do and they go all together. You can't separate them. You have to have all three of these things in order for your kids to play independently. So in the first box, you're going to put set the space. The second box, you're going to put set the length of time. And in the third box, you're going to write set the activity. Let's go through each of these. Whenever I say you're going to set the space or establish it, define it for this, whatever length of time you have and whatever activity they're going to be doing. And this, this duration of them playing independently has to be in a predefined space. So you have to say and tell them exactly where they're going to be and set the stage for that. Okay. Maybe it's the bedroom. Um, I've got a couple examples here in a minute which will definitely help you visualize what this looks like for kids in different age groups. And when we're talking about the length of time, you, this isn't just like a, oh yeah, go play. That's not what we're doing unless your kids are like mine at this point and they understand what that means and they love it. Okay. But if they've never done this before and all technology is gone, screens are away, everything's done. They're going to be like, go play what? (laughs) What do I do? I'm so bored you can't just like send them to the wolves like that, or they're going to be knocking down your door every two seconds or fighting with each other or spilling things or breaking things. It's not going to go well. So you have to say, and you need to know this is for enter the amount of time. And this is where this is going to take place. And then the last thing for set the activity is you have to absolutely have a pre-planned activity in mind for said work block that you're trying to sit down for. That has to happen really no matter what age your kids are. And I've got some fun things here inside of these examples that we can talk about. So let's look at how you would go through this with some young kids, like super young. I'm telling you, I start this from the get-go, like really early on. Remember that tummy time thing that you did? It's like an extension of that. The Montessori world is set up to bring the world and the environment to the child. And so that is what we're doing here. We are trying to take the environment and this specific time frame and bring it to the child at their level 
and where they're most excited to be. And that's, you're going to have to decide. So if we're looking at like a toddler, maybe you've got a two-year-old right now. And could this happen for a younger kiddo in an observed fashion? Absolutely. Right? Maybe you're sitting on the couch with your laptop and this only happens for an hour of the day and they're there right there next to you and you have a length of time predetermined. Maybe it's three 20-minute chunks and you have the space to find. We're going to talk about some different ways that you can sequence activities and layer these different things in order to change up what they're doing and and you have this all planned out like you have it written down that is how defined and intentional this is so that that hour can go really well and then as they get older maybe you can move to the bedroom and they can be in a different play space so you have to fill that out with your kids for the safety right of them obviously but let's just say you have like a you've got a two-year-old and they're good to play with their blocks in their bedroom and maybe your office is across the hallway and you feel comfortable with that. Okay, good. You may just set this up as we've got five minutes to start. Maybe you're at five minutes and you get nothing done. That's okay. Because in two weeks from now, that might be already stretched to 30 minutes for a two-year-old to sit and play independently. This will grow on itself way faster than you think and the younger you start this maybe it might be frustrating for you at first but the better it's going to get over time so if you are wanting to build kids that can play independently for longer stretches of time as they grow start it sooner than later now is it too late if you haven't started and they're already older absolutely not absolutely not you can start this at any age okay so look let's look at wherever you're at somewhere between 5 and 30 minutes for toddlers much younger kids that are not grade school yet maybe this is all the way up to five-year-olds maybe you've got a five-year-old that does not have any idea how to do this they've never been trained they don't have the skill yet sure start with five minutes start with 10 minutes you can absolutely use a timer for kids that understand that and tell them that you're going to set a timer You don't have to call it independent play. You can put a fun name to it. You can put a really fun name to it. That's like, oh, this is Jace's special playtime. And like you talk about like that is something that he looks forward to or she looks forward to every single day, right? The predefined or set space could be something like a round rug. In Bailey's room, we've got a big round rug in the middle of her room. And that was the independent play space where she would sit. Could be a rolled up rug. I used a yoga mat for the longest time. Where I really saw this come into play with me was when I was trying to get workouts in and I wanted to be able to get a workout in. It wasn't even for working my business. It was, I need to be able to work out and I can't go to the gym because we're in the middle of a lockdown and I got to work out. And it was really, really hard because I had super little kids at home with me and they were all over me. And I was like, this is, this is disrespect for my space. And we're going to teach this from the very, very, very beginning. And so what I did is I got a yoga mat out and I had mine right next to her and we all had our yoga mats. And the boundary was you can do whatever you want on your mat, but you may not touch my mat unless you ask permission. And if I say, no, thank you, you don't touch my mat. 
And so we spent 35 minutes saying, no, thank you. Please don't touch my mat. Touch my mat. I would move them to their mat. And we did that over and over and over again until they just know they don't touch my mat anymore. When we work out, you stay there. I stay here. And it works magically. In Montessori, every single time they go to their classroom and they have their independent work cycles. So what they do for education, they guide their own education and they get to go over to the language shelf and they have a work plan. It's literally a list of the things that they have to do. And they have a really long work block that they follow on their list and they get to pick whatever they want to do off of that shelf that challenges their brain, right? It's fit for them at their level. And then they go over and they roll out a rug and they put their work on their rug and they know they're not allowed to touch other people's work. And when they're done, they put their work back, they check it off their list, they get their teacher to look at it and they roll up their rug. They have a little song that says, roll, 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 tap, tap, slide. And like, it's just this community driven, understood thing where like, I'm like, we're doing that in my home. And so we've always just applied that. And it it's such a beautiful thing to watch your kids take pride in the work that they do and learn to respect the work that other people do. And that still is happening to this day when I'm working on this business and the girls know that this is my respected time and space to do it. And whenever, you know, big sis gets out her violin and she's working on that. That is a respected time and space for her to work on that. We're not, you know, kicking balls around while she's doing it. And we're not beating on drums and trying to get attention. This is a respected space for, for her to do her work right now. And same thing when we do homework. So defining space for people to be able to focus is brilliant. And it is something that your children can absolutely do. For these younger kids, what you can do for activities so fun. I love this stuff. You might hate Pinterest. You might love it. I don't know where you're at, but I am not suggesting you go down that rabbit hole. You have plenty of things in your home. You do not have to get extra creative. This does not have to be complicated. What really needs to happen here is you need to pre-plan out those activities that are going to happen in, say, that 30 minutes and remove everything from their space put toy rotations in place don't inundate them with toys give them two or three max things to play with and my favorite thing to do was I would have a special basket of toys that I knew would hold their attention maybe it was play-doh for the girls when they were really really young it was always sensory stuff always sensory stuff it was like the tissue box with the rags that you would pull out and then you stuff them back in you know what captivates your kids the most. Have those things and do not let them have them. When the timer goes off, they're done with them. They can't play with them anymore. But guess what? If you see that they're super, super into it, go intervene with that timer and just see how long you can let that stretch. See how long you can let them play. And that's where it gets really, really fun for you to observe, okay, that toy didn't do diddly. What about this toy? What about these sensory items? And so just look around at what you have, clean up their play space, make sure that you have a set amount of time and you are providing and setting up activities that you know they're going to love. Okay, let's talk lastly, really quick about older kids. Depending on how much introduction they've had to this way of 
life um, and this concept and you as well, this may range from 30 minutes to two hours. We've even gotten a, a solid four to five hours out of my girls at this point where they will just go play independently. And it really, it really does depend on the day. I will tell you some days we get two hours out of them and other days when they haven't had a lot of time together, um, when they're both feeling well, right, then we can get a lot more time out of them. And we just take it for all that it is. We use the bare minimum as our bare minimum knowing, okay, I can definitely get two hours out of them. And so I can set up an independent work block for me and for them for about two hours. And we can bank on that. Anything on top of that is like icing on the cake, you know, I obviously can get a lot more time out of them if we use screens, but this is holding true to absolutely no screens at all. So determine what amount of time you're going to have this before with your older kids. And then I want you to set the space, which for example, could be multiple different spaces in your house. And when your kids are older and they can navigate this, I'm definitely not saying that you have to tell them they must stay in their bedroom. It's more so making sure that they know which activities they're going to be doing at what space. For example, get out the puzzles and put them at the kitchen table or get out the Legos or set up the reading space with the book. If you have the ability to send your kids outside, absolutely utilize it. We've never really had that opportunity in our current living situation. And for a lot of us, unfortunately, our kids aren't growing up in the time that we grew up in where you could just go like walk miles by yourself. Like I don't even understand what was happening back then. Ride my bike for literal miles and my mother would have no idea where I was. And we just always like we always came back home before dark. Like I cannot imagine sending my child out and doing that anymore. And like, I don't know. I don't know. That is besides the point. You may have those same feelings as me. You may not. There's no right or wrong here. I don't think anyway. But it's like, it's just a very different time for sending your kids outside. But if you can, you feel like it's safe. It is safe for them. Send them outside. Make that 100% of the time one of the environments for them to be able to have independent play. If I could send my kid to a forest school, I would totally do it. That's like a whole nother layer of, of this, right? So then I want you to set them up with the specific activities. You know what activities they like. Maybe you don't. Maybe this is going to be fun for you guys to explore. Let me give you two really quick ideas of what my kids are loving so much right now. They do this consistently. They just ask for what they call, mom, can we just have a lazy day at home? Which basically means that they get to have independent play and they get to go just run wild and run free. And sometimes what we're working on with that right now is always cleaning up one activity space and activity before you move on to the next one. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And I just let it be, honestly, I will talk to them about it afterwards, but in the middle of it, I just let it go. I don't get up from my chair when I walk through the living room to get a glass of water and see that they have 14 boxes and all the glue sticks, glue sticks and the tape and the scissors and all the things out. And now they're upstairs doing something different. I don't go drag them from upstairs and bring them down. I just let them go and do the thing. And then afterwards we talk about, hey, what should this really look like? 
And then I remind them before they go into it the next time, remember, and they're like, yeah, I know, mom, clean up our stuff before we move on to something new. (laughs) Like they get it, right? But here's the two things that they love so much. And then I'm going to turn you loose. The first thing is what we like to call an activity jar. So each kiddo gets to write down four or five activities on a strip of paper that they would love to do that day. And then they fold it up and they put it in the jar and then they get all mixed up and one kid pulls out an activity and then they get to read it to the other one. And then that's the activity that they do. And they just go back and forth and take turns. And sometimes one kid pulls out their own and then the next kid pulls out the same like the other kiddos and they don't get a turn for a while and that's awesome good teaching patience right it doesn't always have to be fair in the turn taking it makes it kind of random and it makes it kind of fun the other thing that they really love to do uh probably because the apple doesn't fall for far from the tree is we have big sliding glass doors and they love to get the dry erase markers out and write long to-do lists they love to schedule their day you know first it's Barbie dolls and you know then it's scooters and it's movie theater and like their imaginations are nuts the imaginative play that these girls get into blows my mind and sometimes it's reading books like it's it's just whatever they want to do and they put like a box and so when they get done with it they come over and they put a check mark on it and then they move on to the next thing and that's really encouraged them to just feel like they have free reign of their home and their life and their ability to play. And I really, really want you to be able to have this in your life as well. I want you to be able to sit and watch your three-year-old play independently and give you just a break to read a magazine, if nothing else, you know, and it definitely can happen. I hope that this episode gives you a lot to think about, actually. I think I hope that it gives you a lot to think about I hope you sit on it for a while and then I hope you take big action with these three extremely straightforward steps. All right. Thanks so much for being here with me. I look forward to meeting you back here real soon for another episode on the Systemize Your Life podcast. Hey, before you go, if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, then leave a review so more women can join our community too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of this very podcast, tag me, and post it in your stories. What do you say we make a mighty breadcrumb trail for all the other women around us so we can make a change to the culture of how we care for each other? and ourselves. I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on Systemize Your Life with Chelsea Joe.